strangers on the internet, I am Drew Fasciano, joined as always by the lovely Zach Metternach and Adam Maggleby Maggleby. Oh hey god, there. they know my name, <laughs> fuck. Oh no. Wait, uh, I don't, I don't care that much. Oh, oh. Well, um, well, we are back. <laughs> Regardless of our names, we are back with another breathtaking episode of Now That's What I Call a Video Game Podcast. Uh, today's topic... Now, that's what I call unrealistic expectations. It's uh, it's a new year. Uh, it's going to be great. Nothing bad is going to happen whatsoever. Everything is going to be just fine for everyone and everything ever. Hooray! And because of this, uh, today we are going to take a quick look at the games of last year. Uh, talk about our hopes and dreams for the games to come. The whole game sphere in the year 2017. And you know, get nice and hyped so that our expectations can be drowned and destroyed. Before we get to that... Damn, though, you're really laying it on thick, man. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I I have expectations, is all. Um, before we get to that, unrealistic though... Unrealistic expectations. I have unrealistic expectations, yes. Um, but before we talk about them, I would like to go around the room, and I would like to know what everyone's New Year's resolution is. Zach... Do you have a New Year's resolution? Oh boy, I was—I've been waiting for you to say that. Um, <laughs> my New Year's resolution—it's like—is to always give the best advice. Oh, damn! If only you could give your advice in some kind of podcast or something. But I know. If Shit. only you could present it in some kind of lesson format so that others could learn from you. I know. It's damn I'm, shame. I'm, I'm spending some ideas. Mm. Damn shame about that. <laughs> yeah. Damn shame. Adam, do you have a New Year's resolution? Uh, I have two. Really? Yeah. So, this is slightly personal. Uh, last last year, my resolution was to try to get in better shape and whatnot. And I did that. I lost like 10% of my body weight. That was great. Ooh. So, I'm going to try to keep doing that this year. But my new resolution, and it kind of is going to tie into our discussion later, is I'm going to try to finish more games than I buy this year that is a that is a really great one because is, i have a bunch just sitting around I'm like i should play these at some point uh, is is it oh, your yeah. steam library or is it just like boxes sitting around your computer a bit of bit of both um it, it's mostly like i have a bunch of like games that are still in the wrapper that i'm like i remember being really excited for this why did i not play this like oh yeah because i had other things going on but I, i've no. never done that what do you have still in the wrapper uh i have mgs5 still in the wrapper but that's Whoa. because i was i was working through the other games and then got super distracted because hmm. i wanted to yeah. i wanted to play the other ones before i played five and i got about maybe halfway or like three-fourths of the way through uh mgs1 and then work happened, and then I kind of forgot where I was. Hmm. So this yeah. year I'm going to finish stuff. I like nice. it. Can, can I add a caveat to yours and say you'll finish Mass Effect 3? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe true. Maybe I have to do that before March or something. <sighs> that would be really cool if you did. That'd be really cool. I could play, then I could play that new game. Well, I mean, technically you don't even need to finish 3 to play it. Um, we're well, talking about the new never Mass getting finished. Um, yep, yep. I think I think we'll probably end up talking about that later. Yeah. Um, my New Year's resolution, I have two. 
I have a concrete one, and I have a more abstract one that is kind of hard to actually solve. Um, my first is to identify internal strengths and focus on them, because, I don't know, it just seems like some weird, silly thing to, like, look at. Um, grow as a person. And then I want to read at least one book a month, ideally two, but probably just one. Um... Now, are these, like, big, full novels, or are these, like, golden books? Um, I'm going for the full novel, but if I decide to cheat, they will be golden books. If I find that... <laughs> if I find that, like, the end of the month is a-coming, and I, uh, I just can't get through those, those 300 pages or so, I'm gonna Man, pick up a nice, or... short, little comic and count that. But hopefully you won't get to that. Hopefully I won't have to cheat. Man, oh. War and Peace is so rough. I'm just going to read the little tugboat that could. This is garbage. You know, if I hack it that bad, I'll just feel I'll feel ashamed of myself. <laughs> maybe maybe the Goosebumps books. If I did the Goosebumps books, I'd feel okay. I'd be like, okay, well, I got a story. <laughs> there did, was you, some... did either of you guys read those? I, I, I never did. I, I read a couple. I, I loved Goosebumps as a kid. Those were those were my jam. Like the I watch covers... the show every once in a while. Oh, the show was good. I really liked the intro. Do, 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 do. Zach, did oh you boy. watch the show at all, or were you just a bookman? I I did both. Um, oh Jesus, we got a savant over here. <laughs> <laughs> I I was never terribly interested in either of them. They just they just seemed sort of. Um, I I like read one and it felt a little suspenseful, and then I kept flipping pages between things and got a little frustrated. What was the one you read? Because that they were very hit um, or miss. A, some of them were actually was, scary. Some of them were kind of like just dumb. It was it was a scary carnival. Uh, Is that the one with the the, the they steal the uh, clown's nose and he gets haunted until he gives it back? Holy <gasps> crap! I don't even know how you remember that because I don't remember anything about Goosebumps. Well, okay, so I remember that one specifically because uh, John Tron, you know, you, you know John Tron. He yes. did a like a review of a bunch of episodes and he particularly reviewed that episode and i was like i vaguely remember this i remember being scared looking back i'm not entirely sure why i i remember seeing the john tron episode then i remember going on netflix and seeing that goosebumps was on it and i remember kind of pounding through a few of those and feeling really proud of myself all right um, well was the, there was one that was the one that i watched the first one I watched that really, really scared me was like that werewolf swamp one or something or other. Is that the one where the kid ends up having like a family of werewolves and it all just becomes this weird goofy comedy? Oh, I don't know. There was like this this kid is at a swamp and there is a werewolf and what? there's this one scene where the werewolf gets pushed into the swamp and it turns into a skeleton. It's dead. Whoa. Sounds like sounds like high quality screenwriting right there. Now, I will say, I didn't watch Goosebumps much. Uh, I did watch Are uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark. That was to me the, like the sexier version of the two. Like that was the indie yeah. Version. That was for cool kids. <laughs> so why oh was I God. watching it? I just I I don't even remember any of this. This is all just a blank to me. Oh my god! Well, we're maybe so. What you're saying is we need to marathon some Are You Afraid of the Dark, <laughs> and we'll bring a big big floodlight because i'm afraid of the dark oh and God. monsters can't get me uh well they can still get me under if i'm in my uh blanket fort maybe Thank, if thanks, we all Zach. just carry candles as we watch it 
Huh? Like, we'll just have candles as we watch it, and those will keep us nice and safe. Oh, great. That's Lord fantastic. <laughs> Best fucking prep. <laughs> When's oh. that Halloween showing up? <clears throat> ten oh, more months. Boy. Fuck. Uh, Alright, so... You know, it's not ten months. Say again? Yeah, it's, it's ten. I was gonna say, I was gonna segue, did we want to segue into weeks? I... had a week. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to know about both of your weeks. Adam, how's your week been? Are things going good? Your well, first week of the year? I had to go back to work, which is always fun. Uh, but, you know, so that's that. Um, mostly over that break, though, I played a lot of games. I played more FF15. That game's really, really good. Uh, and like I said in a previous one, I would give a bit of an update. Uh, that game is still really good. There are a couple little points that are really kind of annoying, but not deal-breaking. Like, they're like control stuff, like lock-on and stuff like that. Uh, so like, is it just so a minute-to-minute gameplay? Like, I've heard the combat, you either really like it, or you can't stand it. That actually does seem to be about accurate. Um, like, I play it... So the, <clears throat> for people who don't know, uh, Final Fantasy XV <clears throat> is an action RPG, which means, you know, you're, it's like Kingdom Hearts, and you're... Uh, you know, it's like frantic action, but there's also a special mode called the wait mode. Uh, and wait mode basically means is if you're standing still, it'll freeze the entire game and let you do like almost like a turn-based system. And that's really cool. I, I actually like it. Um, I've, I play entirely in active mode, but I have seen people either swear by wait mode or they absolutely hate the combat because... Like, one reason I heard is the camera's a little wonky, and I'll admit, the camera can do some goofy stuff. Like, it can get hung up on the weirdest objects. Uh, but overall, it's good. Like, my main complaints are, uh, like, so we all played Bloodborne, and if you lock onto something, you know, you just hit L- you hit R3, and you stay locked on, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's... 15, you have to hold R1 to lock on. Uh, and I don't know why it's kind of messing with my hands because I have to hold R1 and then I'm trying to rotate the camera around to kind of get a look at stuff. But then that means I can't like, I don't know. There's just something weird about having to hold the button that like starts messing up my uh, ability to do other inputs. But it's not a deal breaker is what you're saying. Cause that's interesting to me no. that the core gameplay, the part that's supposed to be the most engaging is flawed mm-hmm. to you, but you're still sort of okay with it because of everything yeah. else around the game. Like so overall, I got, go ahead, Zach. <clears throat> no, I just I I've also been um, so I I started playing Final Fantasy 15 and I ran into the same issue. I got used to Bloodborne and I kept pressing R th- like pressing R three to sort of lock on to things and it wouldn't and do it. And the back kept jump. showing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was just like, no, I don't want this. <laughs> so, but Drew, here's the thing that gets me. Uh, so you hold R one and for whatever reason that kind of messes me up and I feel it's a little odd. When I'm trying to hold R1, hit the right stick to cycle through targets. What the game doesn't tell you, though, is if you lock on and then hit R3, you can let go of R1 and you stay locked on. So it becomes like a toggle instead of a hold That's... Okay. I mean, you're describing control systems, so for me, it's all about how it feels, right? Like, if it feels good, I don't care how complex it is. It sounds like it just kind of feels awkward to you based off of how you've been trained to play games yeah and it's, yeah, the, it's just weird to me like 
I want the option to basically tap R1 to lock onto the nearest target and then stay locked on. But the lock-on system has some weird stuff, and it makes it kind of interesting when I'm trying to... I want to target that one dude with this technique. Oh, I see. I was targeting the wrong one, and it did nothing. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I also... I, I also ran into an issue with the controls in 15 in that uh, I, I'm having an issue between pressing versus holding, which is very frustrating. Like uh, when you want to do – you just need to tap triangle in order to lock yourself onto a high object, but you need to hold it in order to do the dash attack. Hmm. And sometimes I just press the triangle button and it just teleports me to the enemy and I'm like, that's not what I wanted hmm. to do. Hmm. Yeah, the game is really good. I so far I love I like the story. I like all the characters. Uh, this is one of the first times I've been playing a game, and I, I like I I just get lost exploring the world, which makes it really weird because I've now run into the problem of hey we're really strapped for time. Yes, but hold on and let me explore these five other regions first. Ooh. <laughs> the the <laughs> ominous world-ending threat is coming, but it's it's on a trigger, not a timer. So you're okay. The world is ending, but these five oranges <laughs> aren't going to pick themselves. <laughs> so uh, like the... It's good, and I'm really hoping some patches might come along and add more options or kind of tidy up stuff, because it's really good, and I, I'm really hoping... Because it's really good, these few sticking points are really annoying. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it, though. Zach, you're uh, weak. Tell me all about it. So, uh, this past week, um, Christmas came around, and I got some video games. And as mentioned, I played Final Fantasy XV. Um, also, I played, um, probably more importantly, I played a lot of Pokemon Moon. And boy, howdy. You got Moon? Oh, I got Moon. Oh, Jesus, finally I can trade with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so I, I've i been playing Pokemon, and it is, it is super fun. I forgot how fun Pokemon was, and now it's just, I can't stop. Zach, isn't there an adorable, adorable little critter you've got? Something with a fly, oh, right. a cutie fly. The, <laughs> yes. the names of your okay. critters. So, okay, I have... Um, so I probably, so I started my run in Pokemon and I called myself Mikalash, which is a reference to Bloodborne. Um, all right, we've hit a quota. No more. <laughs> oh no, I've got, I got two more. Um, uh, Jesus. and then I, and then I named my starter, uh, who's the sort of the grass ghost owl guy. Oh, uh, I named, yeah, the Rowlet. Uh, I named him Murgo. And okay. then. I have a Trumbeak named Eileen. Which makes me really happy, because it's the crow one, right? It's the crow one, yeah. Uh, listeners who don't know, these are all Bloodborne references. Um, all of them. All of them. <laughs> and I wasn't even referring to uh, the Bloodborne ones. I wanted to know about... Um... Oh, yeah, so probably probably the best one is I caught a cutie fly, um, which is this adorable little bee-slash-fly-looking guy. He's got a little happy face on it. He looks so cute. Um... And I found this dude, and I was trying to think of a name for him. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to call this man, I'm going to call this little guy, I'm going to call him Sir Tannenbaum. That's amazing. <laughs> I, and, and so 
It's amazing because from... when I look at the creature, I want to call it Mr. Tannenbaum, or like Sir Tannenbaum. Yeah. Like it works. Yeah. It works really <laughs> nicely. Yes. Uh, and so then it evolves. And so it evolved from what looked like an actual fly to what looks like sort of like a humanoid bee that's also flying. It's still fucking adorable. Um, that's It's a uh, Rabambi. And it's still Sir Tannenbaum. And I I swear to you, Adam, you need to go look up Rabambi because just imagine that dude and just calling him Sir Tannenbaum. It, it's Sir quite Tannenbaumby? <laughs> okay, hold on, I'm going to look this up. All right. As Adam does that, um, I'll just briefly go over my sweet week, which has been go back to work. Everything's rainy and stormy. I had this really oh, good geez, idea. This is adorable. <laughs> Fuck. Right. Right. I'm sorry. Like he... Try again, Drew. I interrupted. No, it's just you're. It is an adorable Pokemon. I recommend everyone look it up. My my week has pretty much just been going back to work. I had this really good idea to go and ride my bike into work, and then it started pouring rain, and I said, oh, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head back over seven and a half miles worth of hill San Francisco. Uh, I, I ended up going into my house like a drowned rat, just soaked to the bone. I just ripped away all my clothes. It was crazy. Oh, hot. I, I mean, depending, depending. I mean, it, it probably was. Um, I will say... I have been playing a new game as well. It is Overwatch. It's the best. <laughs> now we have now we have three game now we have two games that we all really like. <laughs> and I've I've been really enjoying that. Um, I've played a bit with uh, you know with Zach and some of my other friends. Not you yet, Adam. So we should do that. Um, I how are you liking it? I really like it a lot. I've really dedicated myself to maining as tracer um and a little bit of oh right so Um, so just for the audience to know (laughs) and for adam mostly for adam uh so we started playing with with drew and we were in a big six-man group and i go look on drew's profile going like oh which characters has drew played the most he's he's, you know he's had to have played a few people by now he's level seven Uh he's probably played a few matches he has played literally tracer and only tracer four hours no one else (laughs) (laughs) i gotta go fast i gotta go fast she has little blink the blink is really close to what i did in dishonored and it just i i didn't want to go back I, I've Man. since picked up a bit of Ana because she. I need to be someone on defense. When, when I played defense, uh, one of my friends, Justin, he kind of said, hey, maybe you want to try playing this other character. And I was just like, nope, only Tracer. No, no, uh, support support Tracer. Here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. So so that's, uh, that's been my, my gaming life at this point. Uh, I've dropped everything else. I've, I've dropped my playthrough of Dishonored, which has been really sad because I was really hyped on that game. <clears throat> and I that thought it was great. Too? But Overwatch is just so much more engrossing. Um, Speaking of Dishonored 2, Drew, <clears throat> uh, I saw there was a... a, a you're right there? You died? Yeah, yeah, I just... Um, one moment. La, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Full of All energy. right. <laughs> Uh, I saw that they are either adding or there is a new mode in Dishonored 2 where you can mix and match people's powers. So Emily can get some of Corvo's powers, Corvo can get some of Emily's powers, 
and I wondered if you had played that yet or had uh, or what your opinion on that might be. Adam, I will put it like this. I have. I have that update. That update is effectively what happens when you take mods and throw them on the console version. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's New Game Plus. You get the you get the multiple powers when you get into a new game and you decide to play as a new character. Because at that point, you know, you've already seen everything. You get to experiment more. Um, it adds a lot more variety. Because at that point, the game is all about just coming up with cool combos. As opposed to, you know, trying to just get through. Like, the base difficulty isn't really that that hard to do. They're going to have another patch where they apparently let you create custom difficulty. But until that happens, I've just been... Say again? I'm just trying to think how they're going to do custom difficulty. I guess it'd be like uh, like the Halo skulls of like, activate this thing and enemies can do this kind of thing to customize the difficulty. Possible. There isn't a lot of detail around it. It's one of those like, oh, we're working on it situations. And then everyone on the Reddit decides to go ahead and try and like spam to the Twitter. And it just becomes a little weird. Um, but the gameplay mode is quite fun. Say again? <laughs> Big head mode for everyone. That would actually make the game either really hard or really difficult. Um, because if you have a big head, then you can get hit by bullets really easy. And if they have big heads, that would be fun. Adam, go ahead and work for them. Do it. Suggest it. Make it happen. <laughs> no, I, I think I'll stick to Twitter and tweet at them. Hmm, you know what? Um, one question I was going to ask you about that... Um, and you've gone through the game, and it sounds like you played a little bit of combined. And uh, Zach, you might have some input on this, just from like you know from playing similar games. Is so you know the original game has sorry the uh, Dishonor Two is two characters, Emily and Corvo, and they each have their own set of powers. And now when you do this, you get to play as either character with all of the powers. Do you feel like? I guess what I'm trying to ask is, do you feel like the they kind of unnecessarily split them into two like the game might have been better even the first time if you could just play as one character with all of these powers like i guess how does the game balance feel now that oh, i have all of these powers does it is it more open it, uh, versus the, i guess i'll more put it like this i'll put it like this because you bring up a good point um i am of the very strong opinion that the game was originally intended to just be one of the characters. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to just be Emily. And then they added in Corvo and his power set later, because it was probably just something that people wanted, it wasn't that hard to do, they already had the voice actor around, what's another hour's worth of recording? Maybe two, I don't know. But, like, there aren't that many voice lines anyway. Um, <clears throat> I will say that I think perhaps the fact that they split resources might have affected the overall quality of the game. Um, I I will say, like, I clearly still really like it. I really like the game. And each character does feel distinct in their playstyle, and it's kind of interesting to see how they treat the world. I'll put it like this. It, it seems like... It seems like it was a decision that was unnecessary, but it worked out better than it should have. Like, I'm shocked so. that I'm not mad at them for doing that. I actually kind yeah. of like the fact that Corvo is his own character, and Emily is her own character, and they play differently and feel different. And I yeah. didn't think they I would. Guess the con oh, sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. Uh, I was going to say, I guess the concern there might be like, oh, hey, you had like... Because I kind of also got the opinion that it, it might have originally been Emily... Um, as the main character, and that they were like, oh, you know, we gave her all these powers, 
oh, but we don't either have enough content or we don't know if people would will play as just Emily, so we'll split her power set off into Corvo and then do this. But it does sound like, no, they're, they are distinct enough that it makes sense that they would be separate and that merging the power sets is kind of just hey, a nice bonus. Yeah, and if it helps uh, make the uh, make it a little bit clearer for someone who hasn't played it, they've they've apparently tried to theme the powers. Like, a lot of Emily's powers are around being, you know, royal and sort of controlling people. You know, you link people's fates together, you uh, you mesmerize them with, you know, your regal, what have you. It's supposed to be themed. I don't know if it quite carries through, but there's supposed to be something there to why they have what they have and why they're different. Um, gotcha. Yeah. In any case, I feel like we've talked about ourselves a little uh, enough. And I think it's time to move on to a few nice little news stories that we've collected. World news. Yes. Um, the first news we've got um, has to do with geocaching and how it gets affected when your country is drifting. Um, <laughs> Australia has reported that because there is a bit of a drift with the island. Um, I think I think you call it an island at this point. I'm Yeah. Um, you could call I, it the continent. Yeah, you can do that. We'll call it the, the continent. The continent. Um, At what point does it go from an island to a continent? Like, where's the where's the dividing line? I, you know, better men than me could tell you. But regardless, hey, hey, Adam, hey, Adam, huh? Afro-Eurasia is an island. Oh my God! Did you know that North America and all of the, all the continent we're on that's also an island, it's surrounded by water. I know. Uh, regardless, if you're a fan of geocaching uh, and you are an Australian, you might be in for a bit of trouble because the maps are no longer syncing up correctly. And as a result, people are going to certain GPS locations that are marked as having sweet goodies and not finding them. Um, <laughs> and for me, it, I find it funny. I find it, this is mostly just a funny story because that's something I you don't really have to deal with in a digital format. Um, if I may talk about No Man's Sky for a second, um, they went through a change, they updated their game, and they regenerated their terrain. You can't really do that when your terrain is the real world. And it, it just kind of, it highlighted to me, that, like, this might be a problem in the future. You know, Pokemon goes on the rise, these kind of, like, augmented reality <laughs> games are coming... Like, what's going to happen when there are specific locations, but, you know, a couple years down the line, if, you know, things haven't been updated correctly, you're going to get weird one-off errors that are legitimately, like, entire miles apart. And I think it... I don't know if it'll be, like, a growing problem, or if it's just, like, this weird situation that's kind of happening here, and then people will be smart enough to catch it before it happens. Uh, that, that's my stance on it, anyway. Like, I think it's I think it's a kind of a combination of both. Um, so I think I think the problem here, for one, it seems like a bit of a one-off. It's a bit of like a a sort of like um, an off-case uh, uh, thing, and it's also something that the people could have caught, but they didn't. Um, and I think that will continue in the future because that is human nature. Mm. Trust me. If it's like if it's something that like eh, it's not going to come up that up, you know, nobody's going to do anything about it. Um, so you have faith in the lazy developer. Um, I, <laughs> I have, I have faith that people are going to put off things that they think I can put off forever. Like this podcast, we'll do it tomorrow. <sighs> We're doing it tonight. It's happening now. <laughs> As I speak. Action. 
Um, so, but, uh, so I, like... I, I have a small question. What's your small question? Why, why in the, why in the heck is Australia shifting? Um, all kinds all of environmental things. I don't know. Um, it, it could Aren't just... all the continents technically shifting. That's true. Is Australia just shifting really fast compared to everybody else? It's just been something where. I I don't know if it's any faster. Maybe it's just more noticeable, you know. Like all right, huh. yeah. Okay, I, did, I was just curious because it's a little weird to hear a story about like one continent shifting and then nothing else. Um, but yeah, <laughs> those damn Australians figured out how to move their continent. They're gonna be a floating fortress any minute now. Oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> they'll unleash their hell scorpions on every continent in America. Hell scorpions. I mean, in the world. Oh my god, they're going to unleash it on every continent in America. I, no, I just like the hold up, with that I comment. I just like the fact that you said hell scorpion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, have yeah, you, that, have you seen Australian scorpions? They're hell scorpions. I, you know, I, Yo, man, you got to be at least level 50 to get into that zone. I wouldn't walk in there, fuck. I think yeah, more about that. the giant spiders I've seen. I think of it as the land uh, where, okay, where no, spiders now, will now eat we my stop. soul. No, no we're I, done. We're done. Uh, I really hate spiders. So the day that somebody came back to school was like, hey, I heard about these things called camel spiders. Like, what the fuck is a camel spider? Oh, God. And I saw this picture, that pretty classic picture of the two camel spiders, like, hooked together. I was like, I must leave this world. <laughs> I, must, I must enter the digital realm. I, I am not safe here. Uh, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look that up no. after this here podcast. Because <laughs> okay. I don't need well, to sleep tonight. I, I shouldn't sleep tonight. While you looked that up, I'll take a crack at some of your Australia stuff. Um, so I actually do play, you know, one of these geocaching games uh, in specific. I play Pokemon Go. I play that game a lot. And uh, you brought up a good question, Drew, about, like, what happens when the developers, like, move these things around. And uh, funny enough, today I noticed that a lot of the Pokestops and the gyms that used to be where I work are now gone or have been moved. Um this is not to say this is the same as a whole continent <laughs> shifting away, but it's good. It was a good point of like Pokemon Go is a fully digital game. Like like the points that are there, you know, are you know they're mapped on there. But um, sorry, they're they're in the data and whatnot. But they're just kind of holy fuck. Let me try this whole sentence over again. It's okay. Wait, no. What is it so, like? Rewind. Rewind that tracer move. Do it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's called rewind. The, the, the detour. I've had a really bad day of being unable to talk to the point where I had to like walk away from a meeting, come back a minute later, and be like, "Okay, let me try explaining this whole thing again." Did so, they just come back mouth agape? Like, why'd he go? Did we do something wrong? <laughs> what has happened? <laughs> I threw my hands so, up in frustrations and fuck it. I actually, I, I have something, I have something on the opposite end of what Adam was getting at. But um, I'm going to try saying what I was saying before. Adam goes first. Go, uh, go first, Adam. I have the initiative here. Uh, so the geocaching thing, if this is like the geocaching that I, I used to do at Santa Cruz, uh, you know, you, you have your GPS, you go to a specific coordinate, and, um, you know, those coordinates are based on the whole world. So if, if it's shifted over, then that coordinate, you're at the correct coordinates, but the physical geocache is now, you know, however far away. Uh, I, I just don't know, like, 
I don't know if that, that would kind of happen to Pokemon Go. I guess it I guess it would. Uh, there's a Pokestop near my house, which uh, used to be a kindergarten. But that kindergarten has since been destroyed, and I don't know if they'd ever... Uh, I guess they must have done some kind of pass-through and updated stuff, because I, I have noticed things changing. I, I have two things um, to say to that. First off, the I, idea I that... I actually... Just... So, oh. I, I have a thing um, for that. Hmm. Uh, okay. There... I, the same scenario happened to me, but but it was more like I was at a restaurant with my dad, and one of the things me and my dad do when we go to a restaurant is we whip out our phones and see if we can find any Pokestops. Oh, that's really good family bonding. <laughs> um, so so we take out the phone and, and look it up, and my dad's looking at, at Pokestops in the area, and there are some recently like demolished buildings, because they're putting up condos. Um, and there was a there was a Pokestop in one of those areas, and my dad looked it up and was like, "Oh, they tore down this building, <laughs> but here it is on the Pokestop." <laughs> yeah, but so like, it is. It's sort of it's sort of interesting that that the 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 whole like environment um, around the game changes, but until they update it, you've got this sort of like um, logged back or sort of uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just sort of. I guess what I was trying to get across is that, like, you know, the Pokestops, you know, they're physically, like, the thing that the Pokestop is supposed to represent might be gone, but the actual component of the game is digital, so even if that thing's gone or shifted around, you can still find that thing. Uh, In the case of, like, normal geocaching, where it's a physical object, you know, Mm -hmm. that thing is not, like, you went to those coordinates, and that thing is gone, as opposed to, oh, I went to this thing, I, like, I went to where the condos used to be. And those build the Pokestop used to be here, and I can still spin it. But like, if the, if the continent shifts over, then your box of stuff is also moving. Well, you yeah. could, you could argue that if you know how much it shifted when it, if you get the timestamp of when it was dropped, then you could probably calculate back. But if you don't have that timestamp, you are you are in a bit of trouble. That sounds um, like a lot of math for well, for a box of goodies. To be fair, that's uh, what people play the game for. I I think I think Adam, you you've played it. I've not. I I've kind of tried it I once or twice. Geocaching, uh, and I, again, I only did it like maybe two or three times. And when we did it, it was more that uh, you would go to these coordinates, you would look around, you would find the little box, and uh, you'd open it up, and you'd uh, you'd take one thing, and you'd have to put something back in. Of course, not everybody does put something back in, and occasionally somebody will then. Take the box. Dicks! That that is, that's one way to ruin your game if somebody finds it and just says, this box is mine. Um, So that's kind of how it works there. Uh, One thing I I just thought of is that I'm pretty sure for physical geocache boxes, uh, when somebody finds them, don't they have to like say, hey, there's a geocache at these coordinates? So wouldn't it just be a I went to the wrong coordinates, but I still found I found one like a way over. I can update it. You you could. Uh, whereas like, whereas Pokemon Go, um, Pokemon Go's, I believe all of its Pokestops and gyms were based off data from a previous game called Ingress. Yes. Yeah. And I believe in that game, people would go to specific locations and then they would say, "Hey, at this coordinate, there is this thing. I want to make this a portal." And then enough people would vote on that or something, or there'd be some process convert it to a portal. And when they made Pokemon Go, they just took that data and and like made it uh, made them into Pokestops or gyms. So 
in this sense, like updating a game like Pokemon Go may not be as difficult as like the geocaching where it's like you need to find the physical object and say the physical object is here as opposed to oh whatever spot I want to make I'll make a thing hmm. mm-hmm. I I guess I would need to I would need to play more geocaching games to really know to, to really know if it would bother me or not um yeah. And let's have a let's have a fan meetup and go play Pokemon Go together. <laughs> Maybe, uh, Adam, uh, would you tell us about this sweet story that you have? Oh, okay. Uh, so I added a story this week, and it is uh, Tequila Works re-reveals their game Rhyme. That's R I M E for the PS4, Xbox One, PC, and the Nintendo Switch. So. Um, a little background about this rhyme was originally announced uh, a couple years ago uh and you know all it had was this one trailer and it used to be a ps4 exclusive uh but after a couple years of silence and very slow updates tequila works then said hey we're going to be shelving our game as we go through some uh you know reorganization Uh, i actually kind of stopped following exactly what was happening uh with it uh for a while because I kind of just thought it was gone but because 2017 is the year of miracles apparently this game just randomly showed up and said hey we're coming out in May so uh, Rhyme is a single player puzzle game the art style really reminds me of more recent games like uh, The Witness or uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Uh, and it's I don't think there's any combat I think it's all just exploration and puzzle games and you're this boy who's washed up on an island, and you are trying to, uh, from what the trailers are showing, you are trying to either get to some tower or reveal something about this tower that's very prominent in all the trailers. Is and that? you explore, you uh, befriend animals, you can swim in this beautifully rendered ocean. Uh, it's it's quite the looker. I, mm. I like. I, I got to be honest. I really like. I really like the look, and I'm very excited to play this. And really happy it came back. The trailer looks... <clears throat> it looks like they definitely took some artistic cues from Ico, uh, from Journey. Um, definitely, I see some Wind Waker in there. Or I guess that Zelda style that they have at this point. Mm-hmm. It, it looks pretty. Um, you, I, I got a Witness vibe from it. Like, I, uh, you know, the Witness. I, I guess for me, since the Witness is first person, I didn't quite get that vibe. For me, it's more the fact that there's some the use of red uh, on the main character and on a few of the figures in it immediately makes me think, oh, these guys, these guys played Journey and these guys liked Journey. Also, it might be the fact that it's a PS4 was a PS4 exclusive. Um, uh, by the way, the trailer was originally announced at E3 2013. <sighs> wow, <laughs> it's been four so years. It's, Damn. I, I will say that to me that to me might smell of development hell. Um, I I think it was actually uh, from what I remember reading. Uh, and again, I, I after a while I kind of stopped following it just because it kind of seemed like it wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like it may have been a uh, maybe a publishing deal because you know they might have wanted to release on multiple consoles. But again, it, if they had an exclusivity deal with it, there might have been some planning stuff. Uh, it's entirely possible it was stuck in some development hell. I do know they uh, 
they made a couple uh, posts, especially on like NeoGAF and stuff, of we're retooling the game and trying to get it correct. Um, but you know, we'll see. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm excited to play it. I'm really happy that it's coming out. Uh, I do kind of wonder what might have happened there. Well, for me, what it, what is interesting is they're they're branding it as at least that's what I got from from what you gave us is that it's being branded as a re-reveal. Like, as though the original reveal happened, the original game maybe wasn't even fully complete, and now now that it's going on all consoles, they, they feel like they need to let the world know again. Uh, is, is, that, is that fair to say? Well, so if your game if your game <coughs> disappears for four years, <coughs> and then you're like, oh, right, we're making <coughs> this again, I'm pretty sure you need to re-reveal the thing. <laughs> Now, I don't like, think they, I, I totally forgot about this game. They haven't. I don't think they themselves use the word re-reveal. It's a lot of the uh, the websites and stuff that are using the term re-reveal. Okay. Uh, but it, that is true. That you know, if this game was announced at E3 2013, and then uh, by the way, there was still only that one trailer for a long time, and then you had no updates, uh, whether that be for development reasons or uh, licensing and publishing reasons. You probably would want to like be didn't like. Did you just say that? Huh? Didn't you say that the developer mentioned some things on Yoga? Or was that that recent? Bro, that was like years ago. Oh. Okay. Remember, 2013. I think the last oh. I heard of this was like early 2015. I guess for me, okay. the fact that it's it was sort of previewed so long ago, it it makes me a little wary, just because. I feel like it's really easy to release a pretty trailer for a game when maybe you know it's not completed yet. And well, and I think that's a bad lest practice. We forget, lest we forget a game called Final Fantasy XV, which did a similar thing. Yeah, for yeah. The Last no, like, Guardian. That's, that's a but bit what I mean, though. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'm saying... And by the, those are outliers, but I, I completely agree with you. It's like... I, I yeah. don't know. I, I personally don't know what happened... Uh, between them, or like what what stalled them out on that, but uh, I don't know. I'm hoping it's good. Looks no, pretty. I'm a sucker for a nice looking trailer. Apparently, I'm I'm always I'm always happy to see smaller games like finally make it. Um, I just I guess I get really tired of seeing things being revealed and then waiting two years to actually see what it becomes like I, i'd rather yeah. just get a trailer a few months out and have that be the expectation rather than the outlier yeah. mm. now does anyone have any more stories uh no then i think it's time we start talking about our hopes and dreams and unrealistic <laughs> expectations of oh, the boy. coming year oh i got this <laughs> Okay, oh, my unrealistic my expectation is that Rhyme is literally the greatest and best game ever. Oh, that's that. that and is if it true. is anything less, that is that is an unrealistic expectation. Um, oh boy. Um, let, let us before we before we talk about the future. Um, just a quick quick little roundup since it is that time of year. We've had a whole year of games to digest. Um, do either of you have a game of the year? just based off of the craziness that happened in 2016? And does it paint um, what you expect for the future in 2017? Well, let me give you both some time, and let me rag on 2016 in general. <sighs> Boy, that year was rough. So, <laughs> well, we're I, trying to keep it on so games. I'm, we're trying to keep it on games. Yeah, well, 
in terms of okay. games, 2016 was amazing. Yeah. Like, lots of amazing games, games came out. I... Um, Civ 6 came out. Overwatch came out. 6-6? Uh, six, six? What was it? What is Civ 6? Oh, Civ 6. My mistake. Um, uh, Final Fantasy 15 came out. Pokemon Sun and Moon came out. Uh, A lot of games that were like... These are games... Like, 15 and The Last Guardian in particular stand out to me because those were like, oh, those games are never happening. And then they both came out in the same year. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, then... You know, the FF7 remake is coming. It's like, well, they were never going to do that. Oh, I guess they're doing it. Th- that's yeah, that that's not 16, though. That's I, I want to not count things that were revealed. Let's go with solid, like, these things happened it's situations. Happen. Stardew Valley. I mean, really I mean that's, a, but, like, that's a thing that happened in games. Hmm. That, that, that's but, true. Like, that's true. But uh, specifically, I'm thinking Game of the Year material. Like, for me, it's got to be Dishonored too, Because I really, just on a personal level, I really, really was waiting forever to see this thing happen it came out it was beautiful it gave me what i wanted um i don't know if it's like the best game that came out but like for me it's like it gave me what i needed and that's why that's why it's that's why i really like it like i mark 2016 with that little chestnut um i feel i feel like i could say like no man's sky was not I wouldn't say it's good, but it was talked about so much, I almost feel like it kind of gets like a, just for being topical, you know, like a lot of conversation came out of it. But I don't know if that really counts as, because when you say game of the year, you kind of expect it to mean like, oh, it was good versus like it was controversial. I think if if you want to get like the most talked about game of the year, it's probably going to be Overwatch. Mm. Um, Mm. Like if, if, so if you want, if, if game of the year to you means the game that made the biggest splash within gaming it's going to be Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want, like, the best well-made game of the year, it's going to come down to personal opinion. That's true. That's true. Um, I have been playing remember, a lot of Overwatch and not a lot of words. other things. So. <laughs> these words are serious. Of course. <laughs> As always. Um, well, I mean, Drew, you, you kind of started off, like, the, like, like, looking back at the year. I mean, uh, there was a whole, like industry that showed up this year like vr kind of took off in 2016 it uh, did it, it did. did and i was kind of shocked by it i well like because we got we got the oculus and we got uh playstation vr like they actually yeah, came the out Vi- did the vive also come out it did year? it did yeah well that's what i was saying is like you had kind of asked about like a, a year interview thing and that's why i was saying you know a bunch of these games kind of showed up that people thought weren't and then oh by the way vr showed up and is worthless until we get a oh, decent holy mesh shit. game. <laughs> Wait, no, I, I have a personal favorite game this year because I forgot it came out this year. Zach, what's your personal out, like, favorite game? In the middle of summer. Uh, VA11 Hall A. Oh, Valhalla? Valhalla. Oh, so good. So good. Oh. High-speed bartending action. <laughs> oh, boy. Zach, it, it is. It is the game, like, the reason why I think it is... It is it is my personal game of the year. There's a lot of games I didn't play that might be better than it. Um, but I think it took the whole idea of a visual novel and it just nailed the execution on it. And it gave a whole new way of thinking about playing those games. Hmm. Um, really? Yeah. Cause the game is a visual novel. That is it's, high praise yeah. coming from you. Um, and it is <laughs> for me. I don't play that many visual novels. Um, but, uh, but uh, it's like, 
the fact that you're doing this sort of drinking mini game and you're trying to get better conversations with people through that adds lends itself to some gameplay. Like it, it's the fact that there's gameplay that's interspaced with it. It's the fact that you can pick your music, which is super nice. Um, and it's it's sort of the fact the that that the story itself lends itself to being a visual novel. You get a lot of visual novels where you're just like following high school student around in that character's head. And I'm like, that's a really bad format for a visual novel because it doesn't facilitate a lot of like just conversations that happen. In in Valhalla, you're playing a freaking bartender. So you like your whole thing is just chatting around with people. And I think that in and of itself lends itself to making for a good sort of visual novel game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was one I was actually also pretty interested in. Uh, I hadn't picked it up yet, uh, but I, I liked the idea of like, oh, you're this bartender, and you know, as you're serving drinks, you're learning stuff about the story. Uh, is there like an overarching narrative that, yes. that your character's kind of building up to? Or So you're, the character you're playing has an arc, um, and it's relatively easy to, to nail that arc. Uh, but uh, it's... It's it's but the game um, it, it also does another good thing with visual novels because again when you're doing a visual novel it's it's your character and that character and they're having a conversation and so it nails its characters really really well mm. um and it, it again just does a really really good job of uh uh just again like all there's all the characters in the game they all have arcs they're all interesting um the only thing i'd have a problem with with valhalla is that it is a little short i mean it sounds uh, like it'd be very long considering there are all these characters you can interact with it is it is surprisingly short i beat it in a couple days oh, um wow. but it, it stuck around with me for for all the way until now so like for like six months now yeah and again like i said it is my personal favorite game of the year that is that is nice also zach if i, I may um, when I said yes. that's high praise coming from you, I meant that you tend to be kind of a harsher critic, and the fact that you're so like positive about this game is like, wow, I should probably check it out. Listen, buddy, it's it's a VN that's not really a VN. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask. Um, so there's a guy on on YouTube I I follow called Matthew Matosis, and he does these like pretty in depth uh, game critiques, and he actually did a video that was comparing Valhalla and Papers, Please. And he kind of compared that one of the main things of Valhalla is that you have all these drinks that you're making. Yeah. Uh, but he kind of made this comment that I thought was interesting of uh, that there didn't seem to be any like repercussions of like the actual drink mixing business to the story. Like there was never from what he was saying, there was never a point where it's like, here's this character and you're trying to get information out of them, but if you give them this drink, you'll kind of learn this about it. If you give them the wrong drink, it, you know, you'll get a different thing. Uh, you don't even need to remember drinks, apparently. It's like uh, yeah. one of his complaints was that, you know, a bartending is kind of a fast-paced thing, but in Valhalla, you can just kind of take however long you want. Uh, and I want to know what your kind of opinion on that was. So I, I do agree with that. Um, and I think a lot of the, like, the drink-mixing like minigame is it's it so that's sort of the the complaint i would have about the game is like mixing the drinks is actually kind of cumbersome so i think like if they put it on a timer then okay that that could work um but i just think it's a little like again because it is a visual novel like it's meant to be taken really slowly 
Um, and you're meant to sort of like just take it all in. And this is why they give you they give you like a menu and the menu tells you exactly what to do when to make the drinks. And, you know, it it helps you out in terms of, of getting it. And I do agree that like this is kind of why I wanted the game to go a little bit longer. So that way you could have some more moments where like you it would be a little bit harder to sort of figure out what drink somebody's looking for because they did that only very occasionally in uh in the game but yeah like the drink mixing is fairly easy i didn't find any difficulty with it yeah. um and that aspect of bartending i definitely agree with that for you it's, it's not when i was it. when i was looking at trailers and stuff i kind of almost thought it would be uh to compare it to another game i thought it almost be kind of like a persona like social link kind of thing of mm. you know this person comes in you chat them up a bit start learning their favorite drinks what they like and kind of get an idea of the mood maybe they're in and you can give drinks and the more you kind of buddy them up or don't different story options come up. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I mean is like, I kind of wish the game was longer because right around the time I started being like, Oh, this character likes these drinks. This character likes these drinks. This character likes these drinks. The game was wrapping up and I was already at a point where I was just like, Oh, well, okay, we're done. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, and I really do think like just a, like a little bit more time, so that way you get some. You're like you're comfortable with what this person likes and what they and what they drink. Yeah. So maybe a sequel is in order. Yeah, maybe. Adam. Maybe it's a. Oh. All right. So I had I had to, before we started recording. I sat through and looked up every game that came out this year because I could not remember what games came out this year and what games came out last year and whatnot. So you asked me what my game of the year 2016 is, and I don't know. Oh, no! Well, uh, Apparently, I only got, like, eight of the games that came out this year. Well, um, didn't, you, didn't you play that Dark Souls 3? Wasn't that your thing? No, I, I didn't. Oh! <gasps> oh, man. Didn't. Wait, 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 wait. Have I played more Dark Souls 3 than you? I doubt it, but I didn't get it. You know what? I'm thinking of Matt, Mr. Matt Brown. He played. He uh, done played that game. Sorry, Adam. I played a lot of that. Uh, I so I actually didn't. I kind of got burnt out on that whole Souls series uh, by the time three came out, and it wasn't that I didn't like it. It was just that I realized because um, the Souls games always take me a little longer than I think most people. I think most people when they play the Souls games, they they sit down and play just that. But me, I always seemed to like take a longer time to get through it mm-hmm. uh, and i'd actually this is the first time i had done a second run i did a second run of bloodborne with the dlc and that took a while and i realized looking back it's like you know i've played a lot of this same genre of game for quite some time i think i kind of want to take a break from this genre of it um so i didn't really get into three uh, as much and kind of what i'm hearing about three was it's good but it also kind of reuses a lot of the old ideas from the other ones, so it's going to be a look. It's that thing again. So, so you Not couldn't discredit. you couldn't call it a game of the year for you then. I didn't I didn't play it much, so I wouldn't call it game of the year. Uh, hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, um, what have you sunk the most time into? <laughs> oh goddamn! <laughs> it's going to be Overwatch. Come on. Uh. I, I have played a lot of Overwatch. I do like that. Um, I don't know if it's my game of the year, though. I actually have to think... I'm going to self-shill for a second. 
You know what the best game this year was? What? It's one that I helped back. <gasps> Darkest Dungeon is really good. Oh, Darkest oh. Dungeon. <laughs> so, what, what I is remember... the story behind that game? Because I know you're hyped on it, but I honestly don't really get the appeal. Like, it, it so, just seems like a dungeon, dungeon crawler. The Darkest Dungeon started off as a Kickstarter game. And when I say self-shill, uh, I mean I, I threw money at them. And so it, it makes me super happy to see this game doing well. But what Darkest Dungeon is, is uh, you are playing as the, in, uh, as the inheritor of your family's uh, mansion and their lands. And uh, you're coming home to, uh, to reclaim what's yours kind of thing. But uh, little did you know that your ancestors were apparently super into that eldritch, like, knowledge stuff and dug deep underneath the mansion and found a literal, like, uh, doorway into the darkest dungeon and <laughs> unleashed, like, old, old evil onto the world. So what you're doing is you're gathering a group of uh, mercenaries, you know, highwaymen, bandits, whatnot, soldiers, to go and explore the lands around your mansion and uh, kind of build up your party so that you guys can go tackle the Darkest Dungeon. Uh, and what makes this really interesting is that it's a dungeon-crawling roguelike, uh, but their big selling point is that your characters can get... Uh, will get stressed out during battle. Maybe, you know... The, maybe they've taken too many hits and they start getting stressed, or you've been walking in the darkness for too long. Mm. That, that's, that sounds like a Kingdom Hearts line right there. It does! <laughs> it does! But basically, after so many battles against these enemies, your characters start getting fatigued, and they might start developing quirks. Like, uh, I had a crusader who started off as this holy man who is devout in his faith, yeah? Well, mm -hmm. after like four tours into the uh, into the like uh, forbidden forest or whatnot, he came back and said, "I reject God and I'll never go back to the church." And then I wasn't able to get him to de-stress anymore because he would only go to the church, but mm. he wouldn't go to the church. Uh, but it's really good. I like that game a lot. I haven't beat it. That game is also stupid hard. Well, I like the use of psychological horror. That's fun, and it, you don't see it a whole lot. Uh, yeah, it kind of has a... I like the... I, I really like the game. Uh, I, I put it down for a bit because, uh, as is the problem with a lot of Kickstarter games, um, the base game comes out, but then you have all of these stretch goals that are also going to come out, and mm. it seemed like every time I wanted to get into it, it was like, you know, if you wait, like, one month, we'll have the next big update. Okay, I'll wait a month. Uh, but all of the stuff has come out, and so I've been sinking a bit more time into it, and I really like that game. Hmm. So, well, I think it's probably my game of the year. All right. We'll call it your game of the year. Um, Zach, yours Thanks was... me. How, what was it? I want to call it Valhalla, but, it, but that's not how you actually pronounce it. VA11 Hall A. Okay. And mine was yeah. Dishonored 2. But that's the past. Oh, boy. Um, ah. coming to the future, though, you guys looking forward to any sweet games this year? Anything exciting or interesting? Oh, Persona man, 5. that Rhyme game's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm super looking forward to Persona 5. Oh. Yeah! Oh, yeah. I, uh, 
I'm excited to actually get in on the Persona series because I've not yet played oh one. Oh my god. I'm so ready no. for that game. My body is ready. Be careful because Persona 5 came out this year in Japan. The oh, right. internet is full of spoilers. Don't even look up the soundtrack <laughs> because people are going to like, look, it's this song. Be the best, which is final <laughs> boss name here. Like, oh my god, fuck you people. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I'm good at avoiding spoilers. I'm going to wait for it to come out. Um, and then I just, I guess I'll have to think all my gaming hours into that. Persona's yeah. heavily story-based, right? Like, I, I'm, I'm someone oh, yeah. who's only heard you sort of talk about how great it is and then played the brawler. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't really get it. Uh, yeah, no, the, the brawler isn't, isn't very, like, it almost feels not canonical. Um, oh, it is. It is, it is. I know. No, don't remind and me. wasn't there some kind of dancing game or singing game? <laughs> that is also canonical. Please tell me that's not actually canonical. Oh, it is. What? I mean, I thought they were uh, kind of like Final Fantasy, where they're all their own isolated stories. I didn't know they no. were all linked. Uh, I, Every I, single Persona game takes place in the same universe. Oh, yeah. That's exciting. Except for maybe now, Persona Q. Uh, that one that one is a side story, non yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they all take place in the same universe. I can't 100% say that for Persona 1 and Persona 2, but but 3 and 4 are definitely in the same universe and uh, are actually sequels to each other. They, they Things in 4 reference things in 3. Yeah. Uh, well, well, that's, so, so things in 3 and, I think, in 4 also reference the first two games as well. Oh, okay. I didn't um, play and there's a lot of so. and there's a lot of elements to um, the the third and fourth game that were also in the first and the second game. Um, it, so it's it's enough so like Igor shows up in all four games. I think. I I have no idea who Igor is. He is a he's dude. He's he's your he's the guy in the velvet room. And that's another reference to something I don't think you get. Well, let me put it like this. Are, are you excited because it's the continuation of the plot of the franchise? Like, it's moving forward? Like, it's a new... It's like a new chapter? Or is it just, like, um, more Persona and more Persona gameplay? Like, wh- what about no. it is interesting? Versus so, like... it's, it's mostly for story reasons, but it's, it's, it's more like, cool, we get to see this cool new thing. And for me, it's always because... The whole entire concept of like what a persona is is just super mind cool. You realize that a persona is just a stand, don't you? I know. I know it's a stand. Go watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Do it right now. Oh no, but I can't right now. Um, Drop this podcast. Go do it now. <laughs> um, Could someone explain yeah, the also, concept of a persona to me then? Like, is it like a little uh, a, a persona is supposed to be. Uh, the manifestation of your true self, kind of thing. Mm. So, it, it's it's a man. It's like I said, it is a manifestation. It is something. It, it's usually some creature or uh, kind of. I guess manifestation really is the best word for it. Frequently, it is. Some, it is, it, it it is, is very some frequent- spirit. Oh, go Sorry. ahead. Um, it is. It is frequently a like. Um, some mythological figure. Like, uh, the main character in Persona 4, their persona was Izanagi, which is a uh, Japanese god, hmm. or a god in, in Shinto. Um, say, for instance, uh, 
I forget, but in Persona Five, someone's persona is Lupin the Third, uh, who's Lupin not quite a mythological. Lupin is the main character. Yeah, they're not. They're not always mythological. Uh, mm-hmm. In the characters in the games are always mythological, but in general, Drew, it is like it is the spirit or manifestation that embodies who you really are as a person. So, um, it, the the tagline is, uh, and Zach, it's "Thou art I, and I art thou," and it's supposed to be like. You and this, you and your persona are one and the same. Kind I, of thing. I have to say, like, I have, that does sound interesting and cool. To me, I just kind of feel like it's from what you're describing. I'm getting like a like a soap commercial about like revealing your your true you, like unleash the true you inside. To me, just sounds like a, a like a beauty product. Maybe she's worth it. Maybe it's Thanatos with a Megu. <laughs> Maybe it's Thanatos. Um, I so I really like the Persona games for all the mythology references because every single Persona that you can get in this, the entire game, and you can also collect Personas, but they're all mythological references, hmm. which is super cool. That's um, it is it is the one and only game I have ever had where I could summon the Mothman. <laughs> See now you now you've intrigued me. Because <laughs> I, I think you'd like them a lot. Um, to kind of go back to your question of you know if it you know what's exciting about five is uh so all of them are connected but they aren't necessarily hard connected to each other like it, they're not like super direct sequels. Each game is pretty is a pretty self uh, contained story that only kind of at least from what I've played of like three and four only kind of references older stuff. So. You know, it's exciting because here's this new story uh, thing, not necessarily that it's the next chapter. Like, it'll be cool when it references older stuff, but they're pretty self-contained. This one's about uh, a group of thieves who are trying to free society and whatnot. Oh, that's cool. It's a uh, long-running franchise, too, right? Like, you don't get a persona every year, from what I understand. It's kind of like a... They take a while. Mm, Yeah. So it's a bit of an event. It's a bit of an event. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think a lot of people like them because they they are oozing with style. The like you know. Oh yes. They're very stylish oh games. They just. It's look the same. Cool. It's the same company that made Catherine. Yes, I remember. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah. So Catherine had style at the wazoo, and trust me, Persona also has style at the wazoo. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited also... to get in on that then because I've yeah. I've yet to be around when they come out and have the consoles to play them because they're PlayStation exclusive, correct? Yeah. Uh, well, I think so. Actually, yeah, I think yeah. they they are. I don't know if P five is going to go to Xbox One and PC. Hmm. I know it's PS four, but I don't know if they're just doing a. If well, doing we all have. Consoles. We all have a PlayStation before. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. I'll be able to get uh, it. So that's that. That ten minute block. That's one game we're excited for. <laughs> uh, I I'm excited for, and I don't know a ton about it. But it's uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, I believe. Oh, the... Damn it, Drew! You took my thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I just I know it's coming out soon. I actually didn't know it was coming out in a few months. I thought it was kind of like one of those E3 reveals where I get to I get to play it in like five years time, um, because it looked really good. But for people without context, all right, it was showed off as the super cool dinosaur future game where. You, you know, you're like this, like, warrior lady. You've got all of these cool little, like, techno weapons. Uh, it's kind of the future, maybe. Um, 
and it just looks really pretty it's, and looks like it combines stuff that I would like. It's, um, it's, it is uh, cave woman versus robot dinosaurs. Yes. Kind of alloy, like alloy kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. machines have took over the world. I, I think it is supposed to be the super, super far-flung future. Well, it, it yeah, reminds cause... me a lot of um, the style used by um, a game called Enslaved. Where yeah, it was, I see that a lot. It, it was, uh, you know, it's like, it's the, it's the future, but it's a dystopian future. But it's it's kind of a bright and pretty dystopian future. Where, you know, humanity's kind of crumbled down. And so they kind of pick up the junk of the past and put it back together mm-hmm. in new kind of like weird interesting ways and it's more about one thing go ahead so i've seen this game played and i think i saw some gameplay of it but i don't i don't remember any of the like animals in the game to not be robots but i'm looking at the main character and she's clearly wearing leather and i'm not exactly sure how that all works um that might be something they aren't showing off in the trailers because i think the thing they want you to see in the trailers is look at how the machines have become these just things of nature instead of, you know, acting mm-hmm. as machines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I, I was going to say that um, I'm pretty excited for that. That's one of the games I'm pretty excited as well for uh, it, it. Again, it is a really gorgeous looking game. It is. Mm-hmm. That's actually part of my fear is that it's more of a tech demo than it is like a good game. Cause the concept, mm-hmm. the like the visuals look so intriguing. I'm more interested in the world and how good it looks and I tend to get that vibe from E3 games of like, well, we don't quite know if this is like being built out of passion or out of like pushing hardware. Well, I'll tell you. So this game, this game is made by Gorilla, and I know Gorilla have done some pretty good game, like good stuff beforehand. What have, um, what have they made? I think that from looking at this, and now that it reminds me, I believe they did most of the Killzone series, oh. and those have been pretty highly regarded. You know, what, you're right. Uh, you're right. I, wow, they did I all of the Killzone that. games. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that because Killzone to me, I, I still have that bad taste of in my mouth of they're the they're that right. game that released that pretty trailer that was completely not accurate. What um, kills? Oh, for Killzone? Yeah, for the first one. And I know since oh, then they've uh, actually made good on their <clears throat> on their reveal uh, and I, their execution. Mm-hmm. They also made a game uh, that I really like was uh rigs mechanized combat league which is a mech sports game for the playstation vr Ooh. uh so i'm pretty I, i'm pretty excited for horizon zero dawn and fairly confident at them being able to pull this off uh i don't think i've seen much gameplay outside of like the e3 demos or the playstation experience trailers which are very mm. uh kind of set up experiences like they are showing you this one encounter versus here's moment to moment gameplay and that that to me is always kind of my thing of uh you know i don't mind you showing me these like set piece encounters but i would like to at some point see just a dude play a game or do something or like hey go show me somebody who's just, like, looking through the skill tree or something. Uh, just, like, moment-to-moment stuff. To, to prove that it's real and not just, like, the highlights. Because I get that vibe yeah. a lot of the time, too. Like, I, I find that it's hard to trust... Hard to trust when something looks too consistently awe-inspiring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there has to be a pause button. Otherwise, there's something a little bit wrong. And that's not going to yeah. look fantastic. Yeah. I'm Anyways. Think, I, so... I think of a game I, I'm looking forward to. 
I, uh, or did you have more to say about that? Well, no, I just, I have another game that I... Oh, what's up? So, okay, Adam, you're good. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, thank God, more time to look through. <laughs> um, well, no, it's... So, there is, uh, there's a game called Hellblade coming out. Terrible name, mind you, but... Oh, God, I need to look this up. Is that the, uh... That's the Ninja Theory game. Isn't yeah, it? it's um, it's the latest game from Ninja Theory. It's being self-published. They're not going through anyone else, which is kind of nice of them. Um, it's about this sort of Viking warrior who... I think she's Viking. Or not Viking, my mistake. Um, this Celtic warrior woman who has had her entire tribe wiped out by Vikings. And a good chunk of the game is her fighting inner demons. It's actually supposed to be an exploration of um ptsd where the gameplay is you kind of like just messing around and you don't know if it's like the real world or your head or what and it's by a studio that i really trust it's an intriguing concept and i'm worried that being self-published won't work out for them which would be a shame because i really want them to have a win because historically they've put a lot of effort into games and gotten like pretty Pretty mixed results. Uh, Enslaved didn't sell very well. Um, Heavenly Sword was kind of like... It did okay, but it garnered some, you know, bad publicity. And then they were that company that decided, Hey, let's re let's be a part of the reboot for Devil May Cry. That's gonna go super great. Um, well, in their defense, <coughs> Capcom approached them to do that one. Uh, no, I, I know. I know. Um, like, I... I'm on their side. I'm just saying I really want them to get a game out and have it do well and have them get a win because they've put in consistently yeah. good work. You know what I mean? They've like, got... So, I, I do have to give this game credit. Mm-hmm. They have gone... They have gone full in on the... Uh, on the Celtic warrior vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you said Viking warrior, but that's that's not actually... Mm-hmm. Like, Is that more the, Celtic? The symbology... Yeah, no, the... The uh, I, the I, symbol that they have for the game is a druidic symbol, which is a Celtic thing. Well, and then she's wearing a bunch of woad on her face, which is also a Celtic thing. Yeah, I um, yeah, no, it's the Vikings that actually like slice her up and whatnot. I I mix that up a bit. Ah, mm. yeah, that makes He's actually true. makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Don't just assume somebody's Viking preferences. Jesus, so, come on. So now, by the way, now we know she's very likely Scottish. Um, I <laughs> that's probably Irish. Um. Yeah, it looks good. Um, I agree. I would like... I'm not the biggest fan of Ninja Theory, but they always put out these games that look, look really cool. I, I certainly would also like them to have like a, you did it. You, you This is a win. Instead of the, they did good, but that, that most of their games seem to have. Hmm. Yeah, like they, they either run out of funding or there's some kind of backlash and... I, I shouldn't get personally invested in companies. That's kind of a bad idea. But with them... Oh, I... whoa. <laughs> what? Oh, Ninja Theory made Heavenly Sword. Yeah. Now I know I don't play their games. <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> you stick. <laughs> um, Does anyone else... Oh, I have one more thing that I'm excited for. Um, okay. It's not a solid game. And then, Adam, I'll let you talk about what you're excited for. Um... But Steal I all my games, why don't you? I, I just it's not gonna come out, but I want to see some more reveal over the next Kingdom Hearts. Like, we're supposed to find out what's gonna happen with the third game. And 
So far, I've kind of hated everything that's been revealed about that game, so I'm hoping for something good that I can latch into and like. So, okay, first off, how can you hate everything that's been revealed? They've revealed literally nothing. <laughs> and, guys, Drew, can if, I... you want, if you want to know more about Kingdom Hearts 3, then look forward to Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Oh my god. <sighs> Adam, that's why I'm unhappy. So That's why I'm unhappy. Hey, hey. hey yes, Zach. Okay. Yes, Zach, um, what's why? up? I... I looked up pictures of Heavenly Sword. Yeah, man. Just to jog the memory, I got this beautiful, beautiful fucking picture. Um, it's a picture of the main character holding her hand up to this other woman's face, and she's got this, like, cat ear hat. Uh-huh. And there's there's a caption underneath, and, and the caption says, We may need you to play Twing Twang. <laughs> <laughs> May need you to play Twig Twang. I. What does that mean, <laughs> Zach? I don't know. I, you know what? This, this is a family this. podcast. No more. I am linking this picture. I gotta. I gotta show this to you guys. Zach, do I have your permission? Oh my god. Do I have your permission to look at it? Is it? Is it PG thirteen? Oh no! It's it's totally it's totally safe. I just... Oh my god! This isn't even like altered. This is in engine. <laughs> Oh dear. Audience, we will include this picture for you. Be warned, this is real weird. I'm, I think it should just be our, our image icon. I think, <laughs> I think that might have to happen. I think we should rename this podcast, and now that's what I call Twing Twang. <laughs> now that's what I call Twing Twang. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I have not had enough time. I have some games that I'm looking forward to. You've been patient, Adam. Go right ahead. So, uh, the piggyback... Uh, on what Zach said, I am very excited for Persona 5. Uh, this will be the first Persona game uh, that I like. I can really get into. Um, so when 3 came out, it, it came out, but I was kind of not really in the know about it and got very confused and then stuck on it. Uh, when Persona 4 came out, that seemed to be when Persona really took off. Uh, and by the time I actually got around to getting a copy of 4, I kind of already knew everything about the game. So when I tried to play it, it was like... Well, I don't. I can't really stick with it because I know exactly what's going to happen, and so this just feels like a grind. But five, I'm really excited for because uh, you know I, I don't know the story. Now there's a bunch of people around that I can talk to in case I get stuck. So, and I really like the look of the game and everything. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, excited for that one. Um, I'm really excited for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. I am, I think, pretty much at least once, like, at least once a week, uh, I have gone back and rewatched that original E3 uh, de- premiere, like, reveal trailer. Uh, I, I, I'm really excited for this one. I'm really stoked to see how they're changing it. Like, just from the trailers, and uh, actually... This is kind of what you and I were talking about, Drew. When they revealed this game, you know, they revealed the trailer, uh, and then they spent the rest of E3 convention just showing, like, one section of the game off to show you, like, everything about it. So uh, they didn't give away any story bits, so there's still that mystery of what's happened here. But you get a, you have a real good sense of how this game is going to play, and I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> that's on that Nintendo Switch business, so we'll have to talk about that maybe later we we may uh, have to um because uh 
and, and then, uh, wow, there's a lot more games coming out in 2017 that I was looking for. Uh, it's hard to tell because you don't know what's going to be released and what's just been, like, trailer released. Like, I don't know if Death yeah. Stranding is coming out, but... I I don't think that's coming out in 2017. And if it is, uh, if it is it's going to be late in the year. Mm-hmm. That's my feeling. Uh, Alright, I just remembered. And I keep getting super excited every time I remember. Red Dead Redemption 2 is happening. Mm-hmm. And they say it's coming out this year. I'm so excited for that. Do you do you think it will actually yeah. come out this year? Or do you think there might be a pushback? Because that, that thing got revealed... Not too long ago. Not too long ago. I'm almost... Too long ago. Um, you know, you've kind of killed my hype boner on this, because now I'm like, yeah, I probably will get pushed back. Oh, I'm sorry, Adam. I didn't mean to do that. My bad. It's okay. It's okay. It's back because I remember that the game is still happening. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, very excited for that. I, I love the original Red Dead Redemption. It's That is one of my favorite games of all time. Um... And besides that, I'm sure there are, as we said at the beginning, there are a ton of games coming out this year. Uh, I, I couldn't possibly list them all. Well, you know, Breath just... of the Wild uh, and... There's some, there are some beautiful games. There's a couple of beautiful games that uh, I'm looking up right now. Apparently a game called Detroit Become Human is coming oh. out. Be wary. That's a David Cage game. I... <laughs> You know, Those are notorious I, for having really good starts and then falling way off the deep end. You know, the the reveal trailer for me made me not want to play it. Um, oh, hey, look, a Gravity Rush sequel. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. It's coming out soon. Yeah. It's coming out, like, in a couple weeks. <laughs> or next week. I. Oh, you know what? You know what? I've been seeing and a demo drop for this. Near Automaton... Which looks to be Automata. That's the oh, one. Oh right, yeah. Looks to be Devil May Cry, but with, but with not Devil May Cry assets. So I'm excited for that. It's by the folks at Platinum. That's a, that's a sequel to a uh, near actually. So this is a sequel, uh, which is a spinoff game of the Dragon Guard series. Mm. There's a lot of backstory there. I'm really kind of hoping that this that near Automata does like a recap. Because that's a lot to sift through to actually figure out what's happening. I mean, my, my theory is it's going to be... They'll probably just make it so that you don't have to know the backstory. Unless it's one of those games where they like really depend on you to be caught up on the lore. Because to me it looks like a hack and slash. And I've never been like well, in a lore-heavy hack and slash. Oh, well, that's where that's where you might be wrong. Uh, Nier, the original Nier, is also a hack and slash. Boy, oh, is it like steeped in its lore. Mm. Uh, to, to give an example, Nier is the sequel to one ending of a particular game. Oh, I no! I Drakengard 2. So, Drakengard 2 has, uh, I think, four or five different endings. Nier is a sequel to one of those endings. And Automata is the same. It is a sequel to one of Nier's four endings. Damn. So... If you want to actually know all of the little intricacies of these things, you're probably going to have to look up some stuff. I'll put it like this. I'm not at all invested in the lore. I'm invested in the cool-looking game that was presented to me, and 
That's all mm. I want. I don't want anything else. I just want the cool thing that's in front of me right now. Anyways, I mean, um, it's cool, but like, <clears throat> they, you know, I'm just saying, like, if story is going to be a big thing for that game, I, I really do hope they do some kind of recap stuff. Yeah, maybe. In any case, can we so move we got... on to hardware instead of software? Oh, man, but there's two I'm always hard. Where? Oh, shit, hold on. I hate this joke. I... <laughs> Adam, uh, can you... What? Uh, that's, that's a joke right there. That's a great... Zach, say something to distract me from that. Um, hey, dog, why don't we talk about the Nintendo Switch? Yes, uh, yes, Zach, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch. Um, I, to which I am like, okay, when I see cool stuff with it, then I will pay attention. I don't know. I, for me and Nintendo stuff, it's never been, I've always just been like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. All well, right. mm. here's what's interesting for me. Right now, as far as consoles go, Nintendo Switch is the only, like, new thing we're getting. But mm -hmm. it's going to be competing with 4K consoles that were released this year. You've got PlayStation 4's matter. Pro, and you've got the Xbox Scorpion. Now, I don't think anyone who buys Nintendo games gives a shit about 4K. No, no, no. I, I totally get that. And that's why the paradigm's interesting to me. Because... I mean, that's not... Well, I'll, I'll chime in later. Okay, okay, later. okay. I mean, if I'm wrong, let me know. It's just right now that's what I think the paradigm is for 2017. You've got yeah. 4K consoles, and you've got this new weird Nintendo thing... And historically, the weird Nintendo thing could go either way. And I don't know anyone who really cares about 4K on a console. Like, I, I've been yet... I, I've yet to be convinced that I need to buy a new version of the box that I have to play Bloodborne. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they re-released a bunch of cons... Like, the PlayStation 4 and the Scorpio and had that 4K... That kind of all that kind of counters and defeats the argument of that nobody cares about that on a console because those apparently sold pretty decent. So no, no, no. I'm so my my argument is a little different from that though. Is that if you're buying a Nintendo console, you're not buying it for the four freaking K. Well, okay. So what I was going to say to that one is, uh, I, I was first I was saying in a more general of you know apparently people do care about four K on console. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the Nintendo stuff, if we're just talking resolution. Um, the Nintendo consoles usually are the more the underpowered version of it, and I don't think it's that the customer base doesn't care about that thing. Those things, I think it's because Nintendo's pri like those aren't Nintendo's priorities. Mm -hmm. This is a thing of um, like Nintendo does really well with their first party games, and they have some games that are like you're only going to get them on Nintendo, even if they are even like third party ones. You're only going to get them on the Nintendo stuff. Uh, and so it might be the consumer's priority of like, oh, we wish this had better processing or better resolution. But that might not be what Nintendo's hitting for. But if you want the Nintendo stuff, you've got to go get the Nintendo thing. You see what I mean? My stance yeah. is, like, you're absolutely right, Adam. At least, at least for me, like, I've never bought a console based off of, like, based off of, like, how powerful it is, outside of, oh, it's the next generation, I need something. Like, I yeah. I got the PlayStation 4 to play Bloodborne. I didn't get it for the really interesting, like, PlayStation Share feature that lets me take screenshots and put them on Facebook. I like, the, I think that's cool, way. but, like, I've never felt like that's something that's been, like, a seller for me. I mean, like, industry trends right. aside, I, I don't know. Um, mm -hmm. And so, when it comes down to 
the Nintendo Switch, which has actually showed off some interesting stuff. It showed that, like, you can change the control scheme around. You can change, like, the way you actually, like, play it on your couch or in the park. Like, that, to me, almost opens up the door for more interesting games that I might want to get. Um, whereas, yeah. I don't know... I don't know what I get with a Pro other than, like... Or a Scorpio. Like, the 4K versions of consoles. I... I, I don't know what I want from those. You know, like I yeah. I don't have a four K screen and I don't wanna I don't wanna buy more stuff to play with a more expensive box of a thing I already have. And I actually I don't I want don't... them to do well because I don't want I don't want consoles to trend that way. Because for me, like I like having things set up and that's why I have a console. If I want something that's like optimal, I've got a PC. Well Yeah. I I think the thing is, uh to, to scroll back just a bit, in case anybody who's listening who doesn't know what the Nintendo Switch is, by oh the way, dear, because we, right. we've done that a couple times where we get right into it, and then and then I feel like, did we ever say what we're talking about? We, we never did. Um, Adam, please explain the, the Nintendo, Switch. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch is the new uh, Nintendo hardware that is coming out in March of 2017. It was revealed, I think, late last year. So it's really shocking that it got a late year quarter four announcement and then it's coming out like less like six months later uh i say it's the hardware because it's kind of hard to define it as a console or a handheld its main gimmick is that it is a tablet with these slidable rails on it that you slide the uh these two uh detachable controller bits onto it and what you can do is you can play it as a handheld and when you get home you can dock it into this thing and it will start playing on your uh, big screen TV. Um, and so the, the idea is that like I could be playing a game on the bus and then I can get home, pop it into this dock and now I can just play it on my TV. Uh, they haven't, they haven't really shown many of the specifications for it or Nintendo themselves haven't. Uh, they have this three minute trailer that they uh, kind of proof of concept or I guess a proof of concept trailer for it. Uh, next week on the 13th, there is a live stream that Nintendo is doing that is going to be doing a whole breakdown of what this is, like specifications, how it works, accessories, everything. So next week or the week after, we should have more information on it. I just, I, I don't feel like I'm going to invest in it. But if they decide to make a Metroid Prime game, then all bets are off, and I'm going to get it the second it releases. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I'm really hoping they do something with Metroid. I don't know. Uh, that's just in general. I hope they do something more with Metroid than Federation Force. Uh, I, y- yes. which, wasn't a, which wasn't a bad game, but I really kind of wonder, uh, the tangent real quick, Metroid Federation Force is not necessarily a bad game, and there are a lot of really kind of neat things in it it's just weird of why did it have to be a metroid game probably just branding they probably just had a goofy idea and they needed to make it sell somehow yeah but uh you know drew you brought up the question of how is it going to compete against like these big 4k stuff uh and then zach also brings up a thing of you know people who buy the uh the nintendo thing you know i think even they know that they it's not going to be a 4k uh, console handheld thing. It's going to be, I think they said it's going to be like 720 for the handheld, for the uh, tablet thing, and then whatever resolution your monitor has. Mm. Uh, but I'm pretty excited for it, just in terms of like, 
like just being able to have one game thing that I can like take and like either play it at home or just pick it up and it's all right there and I can keep going. Like uh, Nintendo, Nintendo's greatest strength, and I really don't think this is this is wrong to say, is their handheld market. They are they dominate that space oh, pretty yeah. pretty much. What's I think they've gone on record saying they're going to continue to support the three DS or like the, the handheld they have now. Yeah. But I, I don't that, I don't know how they're gonna do that. You know what I mean? Because it yeah. seems like the Switch is there specifically to hit both places at the same time. I actually think it's a pretty smart move considering they've tried to get to that point before, you know, with like link cables and like, you know, different cross play. Yeah. And that was the point I was getting at is that like they dominate the handheld space so much. So a handheld that you can just like, that is your console as well is a fantastic idea. I think that, I think it has some really neat things. Uh, I was kind of hoping, however, that with the Nintendo switch, they would basically unify all of their hardware into one thing. Like they have their handheld games. They like the 3ds can now be played on the switch and you know, maybe the dock has like a disc thing, so you can play your Wii U, your Wii U games with the Switch. And it's like, oh, okay, you don't need like all these things. It's all in one thing. I can just pick it up and go, mm-hmm. uh, which is something the Wii U can do uh, with its tablet. But I don't think many people use that. I um, I've usually been deferred from Nintendo products because they require me to buy a bunch of peripherals, and if the Switch doesn't force me to do that, then that's a plus. And that's yeah. yeah. Uh, in terms of games, uh, you did say that they are still going to support the 3DS. Uh, I really don't. That feels like they're competing against themselves, but who, who knows? Yeah. yeah. I think. Zach, any thoughts? You've been um, quiet about Nintendo. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of opinions about Nintendo. I, I would I would like them to support the 3DS because I like my 3DS and I only got it recently. So. If they started. If they if it comes out that the Switch uh, lets you play 3DS games on there, do you think you might pick one up? Even as just a hey, I can put this on my my Switch and then play it on my big screen, and then take it wherever I want. Yeah, I don't know. Like playing the games that I'm playing on the big screen would be a little almost. It would almost feel wasteful because like it's it's not great, but um, <laughs> like it's like Pokemon games. Um, but, uh, I don't know. If they force me to do it, I'll do it. Mm. How, how would they I mean, force you, though? Yes. Like, I mean, nobody's going to force you. I don't think really, Reggie Fils-Aimé is going to show up at your door. <laughs> no. Jack, I swear to God, you buy a Nintendo Switch right now, or I am deleting your Fire Emblem. What I'm saying, say. like, if, if they stop doing updates and... They stop supporting the 3DS, then I'll be like, all right, well, I have to switch over to the Switch now. Well, do you think they'll do that? Is the thing like, do you think they're gonna? Uh, I hope not. They might, but they, uh, you know, they say they're gonna oh. keep doing it for at least the next year. I'm good. Okay. They they have a lot of 3DS games. Uh, you know, they they don't have many Wii U games coming out, which kind of signaled to many people, okay, something's coming. But the 3DS was still getting tons of games. Like there were a bunch. There's still games for the 3DS coming out, right? Yeah, and that's what I was yeah. saying. Is like there's still a bunch getting announced and released. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think the, I think 
The only other hardware thing that I'm wondering about is VR kind of started this year, and I don't know if it's going to pick up or if it's going to crash and burn. And I, I kind of have never been particularly faithful in like VR as technology. I feel like it's too expensive. Um, yep. Yep. But I mean, I don't See, know. I mean, Adam, you you kind of work for a VR company, so not to. Not to... I, I get VR for free <laughs> because my company likes to buy all of these. VR products to test them out and see how they're doing. So uh, I've got to play around with like a PSVR and a Oculus and an HTC Vive. Um, I'm humble bragging at the moment. Sorry. Well, I mean, are uh, are you excited by I'm, it? That's for... not even that's not even humble bragging. That's just bragging. <laughs> You're just bragging. <laughs> uh, hashtag humble brag. <laughs> um, I'm. I don't have. Uh, I think it's interesting that VR showed up so strongly on the scene and you know, the most, the one I kind of followed the most was the PlayStation VR Um, Mm. again, because I have a PlayStation console. Uh, It at the time, you know, it'd be the one that had the most games on there that I was really interested in. So I followed it more. Uh, It's really interesting to me that it, it it came out and then I just didn't hear much about any follow-up games for it that weren't that were full games and not just like something something experience i think for me (laughs) like the big the big turning point the big thing that's going to decide it or tell me like where it's going to trend you've got the new um the new resident evil coming out and that game has a vr version of it and if people play that and they say, "Wow, you have to do this in VR. It's super scary and so su- and like just like so awesome and different." Then I think that would be a signal that you know more people should invest in this technology for games. Um, if it doesn't, if you can still play it just on a console with a controller and it's better, then I think that might be a signal that we want to stay away from it. Um, my thoughts. Well, yeah, mm. and I would say that. In case of Resident Evil 7, um, you know, you can play the full game without VR. uh, And uh, I remember people on the E3 show floor were talking about how the initial version of the VR stuff was making them nauseous. So who the hell knows how that's going to go. I feel like VR is still like VR just kind of came. There was a bunch of stuff when it came out. And then I feel like now that it's here, not many people know what to do with it. And I don't know if that's because uh, I'm getting the, hard, the hardware is uh, super expensive. Like the headsets are themselves are expensive. The computers to run it are just too expensive. Nobody wants to drop the money. Or I'm getting, I'm getting a real serious Microsoft Connect vibe with yeah, this stuff. Yeah, that's my fear. I think there's too much money behind VR for it to go that route. I'm just wondering if it's going to really take off or if it's still going to kind of meander around a bit. Because people have wanted it to be a thing for a long time, and this is the first time where it seems viable. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you mean viable? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Stop, Adam. please. Oh, God. Okay, I mean, end segment now. <laughs> oh, damn it. But to kind of go off what Drew was saying, I hope, it, I hope VR takes off. I really want my goddamn, like, VR mech or super robot game, but I feel like the price to entry into VR is just a little too much for people right now, mm-hmm. uh, or the, the mass mar- like consumer. And 
there just don't seem to be many games that you have to play this in VR. Mm. You, like the experience is ruined if you don't do this because people are still figuring it out. And th- those are my two cents on VR. I see. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, right. um, does anyone have any final thoughts on the future? Great expectations, great hopes, things they want to so see. I got two more games for anticipation list. What are you anticipated for, Zach? Oh God, make them quick. Okay, real fast. Uh, shout out to one Shenmue three. Oh yeah. Always a fan of the uh, the the modern RPG. And then uh, quick, super quick shout out to Ukulele, also coming out in twenty seventeen. It is. Yes. Wow. It says it is. Zach, I'm gonna make fun of you a second. Can you say that first game's name again? Shenmue. Isn't it Shenmue? I don't know. I've always uh, heard it pronounced maybe I'm the Shenmue. Oh, shit. <laughs> but it, that's the one where I here's here's the thing with me and Shenmue. I don't know what it's about. I just know people are excited for it, and I don't know why. I know it's a modern <laughs> RPG. Um, all I know is that it's in a, a modern RPG, and I love those, and I love those so much. I'm just going to support whatever ones come out. Um, so yes, any other shout outs? That will be it for me. I. Adam, anything? Uh, I'm trying to think. Do I, that, do I have to pour one out for anything? I don't think you have to if you don't need to. No, I'm actually I'm actually pretty good. 2016 for games was pretty good. I'm going to pour one out for everybody who had to sit through 2016. May we never do that again. Yes, I <laughs> can I second your pour out? I second it. I also toast to Bloodborne because this was not the year that it came out, but it was the year I discovered it. And now, Zach? It's always just forever shout out Bloodborne. But. Uh, Made the good luck right. guy, dude. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> give us the lesson of the day. <laughs> Alright. Hey, everybody. It's time for the lesson of the day. Today's lesson is if it's looking really bright outside, maybe you should wear some sunglasses. And that's the lesson of the day. Yay. Damn, and 2017 is looking so bright, I gotta wear shades even at night. It's gonna be magical and beautiful. Alright, thank Quick, you. Down. Thank you, listener, for listening to us. I hope you have a pleasant year. I hope all of your dreams come true and that your resolution that you have for you actually happens. Bye! Bye! See you later. <laughs>